Hello, Blackhawks fans. Welcome into the Four Feathers postgame show. Johnny Nani here with Ron Luce alongside me. Unfortunately, discussing a Blackhawks 3-1 to loss on Friday night to the Nashville Predators. Ron, um, I'm not taking this one too well. Playoff hopes were already slim, down even further now. Uh, so I'm having some misery beers. Yeah, I feel you, man. I actually just finished my misery beer, and I unfortunately was silly enough to not grab another one before we started. But I'm right there with you, Johnny. This was a heartbreaker. They really needed this win to keep pace with the Predators and really the Stars. I mean, the Stars are probably the team that has the best odds right now to make the playoffs, and I'm sure we can touch on that later. But a bit of a heartbreaker tonight on a Friday night uh, for Blackhawks fans everywhere. Yeah, you know, a tough one, especially after the elation that came uh, in the you know, third period of Wednesday night's game with the miraculous comeback, the miracle on Madison, as we dubbed it. So, uh, you know, obviously that was a big one to keep them alive at that time. Not saying they're completely mathematically eliminated because there technically is still a chance, but basically you got to run the table essentially Mm -hmm. from here on out. So unfortunately a little bit of mourning uh, going on here with this Blackhawks post game show. Uh, We'll get into all of this game action here, but before we do uh, standard housekeeping, uh, make sure you go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Four Feathers Pod and at ONTAP Sportsnet. If you enjoy the podcast, go subscribe, rate, interview wherever you listen. So, Ron, as I mentioned, a, a three to one loss here tonight at the hands of the Nashville Predators. Let's set this one up. Uh, Malcolm Subban back in net. I don't think that was too much of a surprise. Kind of ride the hot hand as we discussed in our group chat. Uh, Calvin DeHaan out. Obviously, he's been da- battling some nagging injuries, so uh, he was not able to go tonight. Nicholas Bodine draws in, so the Blackhawks once again going with seven defensemen, eleven forwards here. That was a setup for it. Uh, some question around the lineup here, uh, Ron. How does Strom not draw in? I know he's a scratch as well. And Wednesday night gets it again here, uh, and they go in favor of Connolly. I saw that kind of being uh, discussed here, so I want to open it up to you first uh, for this setup before we get into the action. Yeah, I think part of it is just Connolly, I think, has more speed. Um, and in a game like this where you really need to beat Nashville and you you got to beat their trap, and I know we're going to get to that at some point here uh, with the, the episode title being the Nashville Trap, but – you need guys that can speed through the zone and, and can get there and, and get the job done. So unfortunately, you know, Strom just doesn't have the wheels. And I think that's why Connolly drew over him in the lineup. Yeah. Um, and I can see that too. And I think experience could be another thing too. You'll get a guy like yes. Connolly over 500 NHL games played. Um, you know, unfortunately he doesn't offer much penalty kill wise or power play. The only time we'll get out there in the power plays at the very end when they're already transitioning back to five on five plays. So uh, I just wanted to bring that up. Um, I don't, you know, hate it. I, I don't love it though, either because uh, you know me and I'm a fan of Dylan Strom's playmaking ability. But once again, I do agree that the speed factor it definitely favors Connolly in that regard. And you do need that to break the national Nashville trap uh, the title of this episode we'll talk about how that came into play uh, but that wouldn't be for a little bit because the Blackhawks would start this game better uh, than they did obviously you know it was kind of a wall for the first two periods on Wednesday night and then they really picked it up in the third period uh, they came out and they had a little more jump tonight Ron I didn't mind the start and obviously you know we were scoreless after one uh, in this one but I, I think the start was better and it gave me a little bit of confidence uh, going forward here because You could easily come out, and we've seen it in games past. Think about the series that we had back-to-back on that weekend when Nashville came to town last time, uh, Mm -hmm. and they just completely you know, dominated from puck drop in those ones. So what did you think of the start here? I thought the start was great. I was actually very pleased with the start. I was actually frustrated because, you know, as you mentioned, it was tied going into that first intermission. I think the Hawks should have been in the lead. I mean, Vinny Hinostroza actually ironically repping his T-shirt tonight from his original stint, so it's number 48, but – um, you know, he had that really nice chance on Soros. Unfortunately, he just can't beat him high over the glove. 
you know, realistically, the Hawks should have probably been leading after those first 20 minutes. I loved the effort, and I think that's just why I was frustrated that it was tied going into first intermission. Yeah, no, I definitely was too. But either way, I can still take that because, mm-hmm. um, like I said, it just gives you a fighting chance at least, and you're at least getting some Absolutely. looks there. Uh, some highlights from this first period. Uh, we had Sisson's uh, high-sticking penalty on Hinnestrosa at 633. So, uh, unfortunately, the Blackhawks wouldn't score uh, on this power play. A lot of turnovers going on that really – failed to uh, let them sustain any zone time. So that's unfortunate. But, hey, I think this can speak to Vinny Hinestroza, and he's doing everything, man. He's dishing. I called him assist God uh, in our group chat today because that's what he's been so far, and obviously he would get on the board later in this one. Uh, but also he's drawn multiple penalties ever since coming here, so I think that's just a testament to his speed and guys not being able to catch up to him, so they hold him or they trip him or whatever it may be. Um, and that's just what I wanted to air out there. Other than that, uh, Hinnestrosa did have a doorstep chance. That name's going to come up a lot tonight. Uh, some nice creative puck movement in the offensive zone. Unfortunately, he got in a little bit too close to Saros, and uh, Saros was able to make the save as is trying to go up high. Uh, Ron, I think I'd like to see him. You know, it's weird because you think you do want to bull rush than that almost all the time. But from where he was at, I think you want to pull back a little bit so you have the angle to be able to get it above the glove side. Yeah, especially because Saros is a pretty short goaltender, too. I don't think a lot of people realize that. I think he's actually under six foot. He's probably one of the few goaltenders in the league that actually is under six foot. Um, So if he does drop like he kind of did, he started to kind of get into his drop at that moment. Like you said, if you could kind of fake him into it thinking you're going to bull rush and make him kind of drop a little early, kind of what we saw in the Hagel goal, actually, the game winner um, on Wednesday night. You know, Saros dropped a little early. Hagel took advantage of it and went roof. I think that would have been exactly what you want Hina shows to do in that situation. Yeah, um, I would agree. Uh, that, that's just kind of the way that I saw the play. But either way, that's still a good chance uh, for the Blackhawks there. And it was a result of some nice puck movement there. So that, that just kind of speaks to what we were talking about, how we were still pleased uh, with the first period play here. And obviously it ended up uh, even. Uh, other than that, um, you know, Subban makes an excellent post-to-post save uh, in this opening frame. So credit to him uh, for, you know, the, all the factors that we mentioned on Wednesday night, Ron. I know uh, you weren't with us here uh, on that one, but, um, you know, it, it's tough coming off when you're cold. And I know it's a little bit different now because this is, is, you know, second of a, you know, uh, consecutive start. But for a while, uh, it was kind of cold before then. You know, he obviously started Saturday in Detroit and then was off Monday against Nashville. He went to Lankin and then going back to him for these final two. So I uh, just wanted to highlight that. Uh, they, other than that, uh, not a whole lot. Um, they had a good push to end the first, like we mentioned. So it gives you a little confidence going into the locker room. Uh, and then we go into the second frame. And this is where the Blackhawks very well could have taken the lead because Pia Suter hits a post. He absolutely beat Saros up high. Like, you know, we said the, the, the textbook is on him since he is a short goalie and he goes down. He beat him high, but it just hit right where, you know, the crossbar uh, and the post meet uh, clanged out. And then there's another kind of turnaround chance on that. Uh, and it was, I believe, him and uh, possibly Vinny Hinnestroza there too, but Hinnestroza not able to get a stick on it. Man, Ron, this one stings. Literally the sound yeah. of the post and then uh, just the implications of it. I was going to say the sound of the post is my heart breaking in that moment because it just, it was a nice shot. I mean, Suter was in the right spot, actually really similar kind of ironically to his goal that he scored on Wednesday night as well, right in the hot, you know, kind of that mid to low slot in perfect position to get a nice angle on the goaltender. And like you said, he beat Saros. Just unfortunately, the crossbar wins, and it just it comes straight down and straight out and just never crosses the goal line. Very frustrating, especially then because it felt like they, they had an opportunity. They actually did a good job rallying to the puck instead of kind of letting the, like, ah, moment get them. Uh, but unfortunately, like you said, man, Saros was really good tonight, stood on his head and just – 
that's a heartbreaker. Yeah. So um, we mentioned the Blackhawks having a decent first period, especially the finish to that one. Uh, after that kind of chance there early on for Pia Suter in the middle frame here, Nashville would ramp up their um, offensive game a little bit uh, as this thing went on. And that was evidence first by the goal uh, on a play. Unfortunately, Nashville just that's what they do. They hem you in your zone a little bit. And Wyatt Kalinuk not able to clear the puck out completely. Uh, so the Preds. Uh, keep it in tired Blackhawks on the ice uh, eventually leads to a scrum in front of the net, which Johansson buries here. One Oh Preds. And um, I, you know, Ron, I hate to like call a game over after that. And I didn't think that in my mind at the time, but you at least get a little bit of like a itch that it's like, Oh shit. Are we even going to like, cause yeah. you, you can't count. I will just say, and obviously we saw it in the end result tonight. You can't count on a miraculous comeback again. So you didn't want to start it. And it just feels like as soon as Nashville scores, they get the jets rolling and they would score another one later on here. So I don't know how you felt after that. Yeah, that one was just, it was kind of that kick in the gut where you're just like, ah, all right, well, they got the lead. This, this isn't going to bode well. You know, that's, that's always what you fear. If you always feels like the Hawks do better too, when they get the lead first. So I think that was something I was hoping to see from them again is take the early lead and have that momentum. Cause as we mentioned, they played a really good first period. Unfortunately, Nashville like zaps the life out of the Hawks with that goal. Not entirely, but you could, like you said, you could almost feel it of just that oh, crap moment, and you're just not happy about it. Yeah, they wouldn't be done uh, in this middle frame either uh, because they won a board battle around Bodine and Zadorov, uh, and then Kunin able to bury one uh, from the side of the net. A little bit of a bad angle, but either way, give him credit. A little nice shot there. Uh, but uh, I think we need to go back to, first of all, what's the rationale behind a Zadorov and Bodine pairing? Is it just the personnel that you have? I think that is honestly yeah. the only driving factor behind it because I don't like the combination of their skill sets mm-hmm. together. Uh, um, I could see it in a game that don't matter, uh, but when it's crunch time here, I really you know, can't really justify that. Uh, nope. And then second of all, um, just the play and their positioning themselves. I mean, Zadorov, you can go off here, Ron. This is a perfect opportunity for you once again, but I'll give Nick Bodine a little flack. I know he's a young guy here, but hey, uh, he, he got beat around and let uh, basically Nashville set up in Gretzky's office. Yeah, and it's unfortunate for Bodine, too, that, you know, they let him come in because they wanted to kind of test him. Hey, it's a high-pressure situation. How do you respond? And that that's a situation where you need him to step up and pass and not fail like he did. Bad positioning, you know, like you said, leads to that play. And fucking Zadorov, man. I just uh, – he kills me, Johnny. He really kills me because I, I, I like the guy. I want him to do well. But he just – he's his own worst enemy. He's wrong in this positioning. He takes dumb penalties. Like these are things that you would think with coaching he can correct, but it's almost like he's his own worst enemy because he reverts back to bad habits. You wish he's there. Even if he's two, a step and a half with how freaking big he is up. If he's not as far behind the net, he maybe gets a piece of that puck and it's not a clean shot for Coonan to get the goal. Yeah, so uh, unless you're doing the Michigan, you're not scoring from behind the net. Let's just open that up for, you know, no need to be a discussion here. It's just a fucking fact. Um, right. So him coming down when Bodine is already down there and Bodine already beat down there. Um, either way, I think the play is to, because where's the pass coming to? Where, where's the pass coming to when a guy goes behind the net? They're looking to center it. Right. So take the guy that's going to be the you know option that's center too. And granted, like I mentioned, this was a little bit off to the side of the net, but still you're better off putting yourself between him and the net there with your big ass body uh, and your long reach. Maybe you get a poke check or maybe you just disrupt it and the puck flails up over uh, your goaltender. That's fine. You could live yeah. with that. You live to fight another day there. So uh, that's how that second goal unfolded. Um, and now 
Nikita Zadorov and Nicholas Bodine have our blood boiling here officially on the Four Feathers podcast. Um, let's go into the third period, and this is where the Nashville Trap, the title of tonight's episode, Ron, would fully come to life, and they totally smothered the Blackhawks in a time when they obviously they're chasing two goals. They need it. Um, they need to come back, and uh, they shut them down. So I think credit is due to the Predators because they've been able to do this all all season against the Blackhawks. Yeah. Blackhawks only won one game, and it was in miraculous fashion just this past game uh, on Wednesday night. Um, so obviously you saw the kind of effort that it took to come back and beat them there. Uh, this is what they've done to the Blackhawks uh, all year. So it's unfortunate. Um, that is just... <laughs> Seemed like, you know, sometimes a team has your number. That's what they do. Uh, Blackhawks were not able to break this Nashville trap here. Um, and it, you know, ended up being that they were only able to tally one uh, later on in the period. But overall, I mean, the, the Nashville trap is it's a staple of their play. It's what they do when it comes to playoff hockey. You heard Eddie O and Pat talking about it, Ron. Uh, but why is it so effective? Why are they able to do this to teams and just shut them down, especially when that team should be pressing? I think a lot of it, Johnny, is really the system. Uh, Hines was notorious for it in New Jersey. They never scored a lot of goals, but they were always a pretty decent team, at least early in his tenure with the Devils because of that trap method. And when you have elite defenders like Nashville does, like let's just call a spade a spade. Nashville's defenders are very, very good. They're big. They're long. They are effective with their stick. Great defensively overall as a group. And you give them any kind of time to shut you down and, and just take away your space, which they did very well tonight. Like you said, the Nashville trap works again. Yeah, Ron, and this is just evidence here. I finally got some of these uh, stats like pulled up here. And uh, for in the third period here, you get uh, scoring chances 8 Oh, in favor of the Predators. You're the team that's Oof. pressing from behind. You don't have a scoring chance. So this is via natural stat trick. So it could be a little bit, you know, uh, different when it all is settled down and maybe they uh, update some of those stats. But either way, um, that was the uh, sort of, you know, scoring chance rundown there. Uh, zero uh, high danger chances to four for Nashville in that third period. That's the Nashville trap in full effect. And that's why we're calling it this. Unfortunately, the story of the season for the Blackhawks against the Predators. Uh, scoring wise in this final frame, uh, it was a play where, uh, uh, um, Ellis sent the puck down to uh, the right wing boards and to the goal line. And that is where Hall just picked it up and fired one through banks in off of Subban from a terrible angle, basically from the goal line. Uh, and this was the final official dagger. I know the Blackhawks would get one back after this on none other than Vinny Henestrosa, uh, the only guy who seemed to really uh, be able to break anything uh, sort of Nashville trap wise here tonight. So um, he did tally on a kind of a goal that had to be reviewed because they couldn't see it. And it was eventually ruled a goal uh, and they made the right call there, but too little, too late uh, end story here, Ron. And it sucks because like I'd mentioned coming into tonight, Blackhawks only had, this is according to moneypuck.com, uh, 6.7% chance uh, coming into tonight. And now those odds, they don't update them until the next day, but I can't imagine uh, they will be very favorable at all. They won't be zero because mathematically you could have a predators tank. You could have a stars tank and you could have Blackhawks go on a run. And that is about the only way that they can get in the playoffs here, Ron. So unfortunately right. uh, these misery beers coming back, I need to have a sip. I'll let you talk for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, going back to the, the third Nashville goal, just a, we joked about it before we jumped on. It was a poo-poo goal. Like, you can't have that. That's just a bad angle. It sneaks past Subban. And honestly, Subban was pretty good. I mean, I have I have no Malcolm Subban slander since that game to Detroit. A shutout in Detroit, you know, comes in in relief for Lankinen, and he doesn't let up another goal. 
the big win on Wednesday. I mean, yeah, even though they were down four to one as a team, Subban played incredibly well. It could have easily been worse. And then tonight he made a lot of really nice saves in the first period. He made that great cross crease uh, save. I believe it was on Johansson to, you know, keep the predators off the board early. So I, you know, no, no Malcolm Subban Slater, but that's just a tough one when you have it from a bad angle. And then, yeah, I mean, Vinny Hinostroza, I, again, you know, Johnny, I, I know we, we briefly mentioned it as well uh, when you and I were just talking, but the reason I put this t-shirt on and I, I really think, you know, Vinny Hinostroza is a, you know, middle six winger on this team going forward. I think finally his feet have, or his hands have caught up to his feet. And he's actually able to make those plays at that higher speed. Sure. Is he, is he going to come back, you know, come back and now be the next Alex to bring it type. Play? No, we're not saying that, but he can easily be a very effective middle six forward. I think. And plus I think him and, and Brandon Hagel, the bash bros do an incredible job together uh, and play really well off each other because they're very similar skill set. So I think his speed and now the skill catching up to that speed, Johnny, is really going to make him valuable for the future. So very happy to see him have a good game. Unfortunately, you need the whole team to play well. They played well, but the Nashville Trap smothered all chances that they had all night. They brought in great rushes and then nullified. Great rush, nullified. Great rush, nullified, and, and so on and so forth. So just a tough, tough game. It just it not only did the Nashville defense suck the life out of the Blackhawks, it also sucked the life out of us fans. Yeah, yeah, 100%, Ron. I think that's a good encapsulation of it. Um, I think my uh, final takeaway here then to kind of summarize this and look big picture is that uh, now, unfortunately, like I said, yeah, there could be a run-the-table moment, and I'll be rooting for them every step of the way. I hope to God they ha- that happens and there's a complete collapse in both Dallas and Nashville that would allow this to happen but just let's just be realistic here it's probably not going to happen the Blackhawks are likely going to miss the playoffs here uh so down the stretch here what is it what what are guys playing for obviously young guys like we talked about uh for most of the season so hey uh they'll be competing for jobs competing to show what they have I would imagine that you get some uh maybe not this next game but uh down the stretch when it's a little bit more concrete that it's uh over um, you'll see, yeah, you'll see some of these guys, maybe a Mike Hardman draws in just to see what he's got. Uh, yeah. you know, to some of these other guys, uh, maybe bring up some Rockford guys that you want to get just a look at, like kind of at the very end last year when Brandon Hagel had his first game, you know, yeah. granted, you no know, global pandemic was going to cancel the rest of the season, but that's where we're at there. Um, and then also a guy like Vinny Hinnestroza and a guy like Brett Connolly, uh, they're, they're going to be figuring out, you know, uh, what the deal is for them and futures in Chicago, or they, you know, obviously Connolly, I think could be exposed to the Seattle expansion draft. So, Unfortunately, that is where our attention will most likely shift when we're breaking down these games going forward, Ron. Um, but I think that wraps up tonight's game. Uh, good to see Vinny Hinnestroza at least compete hard, uh, do what he's doing, and see, see a resurgence for him because that had to be a tough stretch in Florida. Only playing nine games, scratched in and out, uh, doesn't have very big role, fourth line at best, and then comes here and he's just on fire since assist God, Vinny Hinnestroza. That's what we're calling him. So, um, all right, that wraps up tonight's game. It was a three to one Predators win. Blackhawks uh, playoff chances take a major hit due to that um it's just the reality of the situation here so uh the season is not over yet though uh so we're looking for development uh guys you know kind of uh, uh finding roles proving something uh working for a contract like a Vinny Hinnestroza will be uh the next chance to do that will be Tuesday night uh back at home once again against the Tampa Bay Lightning that'll be April 27th uh 7 p.m uh, Central time start on NBC Sports Chicago, I believe. So uh, yeah. Blackhawks now sit at 22, 21, and 5, 49.6 in the Central. Um, the Lightning uh, come in in third place in the Central, maybe a little lower than uh, I expected them to be. I kind of expect them to be running this division, but either way, they're still going to make the playoffs. They're at 31. 
14 and 2, 64 points, third place, like I'd mentioned. They still do play on Columbus at Sunday. We are recording this uh, episode on Friday night, listeners. So uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning do play against the Blue Jackets on Sunday. So add those points, whatever they do, uh, or, you know, not points, and add a loss to their column uh, if they lose that one. So uh, th- that's where we stand coming into this one, Ron. I mean, it's kind of hard now for us. Morale is low, but what, what are we looking for from this game on Tuesday night? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, at least for me personally, I think a lot of my attention is going to turn more to the development of some of these guys and and having something to prove. And, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what guys like Hannah Strohs and Connolly do. I'm actually kind of excited to hopefully see Dylan Strom draw in because I feel like he is kind of fighting for his future in Chicago. Um, you know, he did sign a two-year deal, but that $3 million is very movable. Uh, certainly a guy that you could expose to the expansion draft if you wanted to, if you really felt like he wasn't going to be a part of your future. And, you know, I think there's a lot of guys that have something to prove. Unless you wear 88, 12, and maybe two, and maybe five, there's not a lot of guys on this roster that can't sit here and comfortably say that they're for sure going to be a part of this team next season so that's kind of what i'm looking forward to and and just kind of seeing now how the rest of the season plays out i hope they go on that run too like you mentioned i uh, i pray that the the hockey gods have a sense of humor and uh hopefully we can see some playoff hockey but if that's not the case uh development and and seeing these guys you know either become a part of somebody else's future or become become a part of this Blackhawks team's future. Yeah. So uh, you'd mentioned, you know, kind of like miraculous runs and hockey gods working in mysterious ways. Um, yeah. Last night, uh, Ron, you, you and I run a little call and we were, uh, you know, kind of chatting back and forth about this, but, you know, talk about crazy things. That's why I'm not shutting the door completely. I know it's very unrealistic, but you know, we, we looked at that schedule and the way the stars are playing and we're like, oh, my God, they're going to, you know, knock us out just by, you know, winning these games that they have coming up. Well, guess what? They lost last night, like seven to like three to the Detroit Red Bulls. Yeah. So yeah, um, had that, like four goals that, that kept them in place where they are. Granted, they are above the Blackhawks with 50 points as opposed to the Blackhawks, 49. Um, but hey, you know, the, the stars uh, have had an interesting season so far. So maybe we'll see that this could be a, you know, not a tank mode, but a uh, um, one of their bad stretches that comes at a bad time for them so uh you never know we will see uh but even then the blackhawks would still have to leapfrog these nashville predators who now have five points uh on them so we will see uh, how the rest of this plays out for uh this tuesday night game specifically um i, I honestly i don't want to get embarrassed i don't want to get bullied by the tampa bay lightning because we, we've seen that a couple of times we did see a nice uh, win for seeds in overtime you know fashion uh when the, they came to uh chicago uh on the day that uh, brent seabrook announced he was hanging up the skates for good so uh generate some of that life um you know kind of maybe some uh um you know, what's the word uh I don't know, um, vibes from that, uh, that you're still kind of seeing when as soon as you see the white with the blue uh, bolt across the chest, maybe that kind of brings up those memories, uh, kind of, uh, you know, um, instinct sort of thing. So uh, that's all, all I've got pretty much for this one. We've got stick to click wise. Um, I'm going to roll with him, man. I'm going to take Vinny Hinostroza. I mean, he's been really good and he seems to be the most consistent player right now. I'm looking forward to seeing him and, and hopefully Brandon Hagel get back together. But I'm going to take number 28, Benny Hinnestrosa. It's been a while since I picked a defenseman. I'm going to the back end. I'm going number 48, White Kalanick. Uh, we talk about guys having something nice. to prove, uh, guys that will, you know, and he also, you know, for the most part, outside of that turnover that did not exit the zone, uh, I think there were a couple, you know, players that retired there that could have helped them too. Uh, that's why another reason why that puck didn't get out. But either way, uh, he did help sustain some of the rushes at the Black. Hawks had earlier on when you're talking about that nice stretch towards the end of the first period he's active but he's he, I like our guy Blackhawks D zone who's in the comments here um he, you know he had said 
Uh, White Kalanick, when we talked to him on Twitter earlier, he said White Kalanick is, you know, he makes plays with pace, but he's also patient at the same time. And so, like, mm. when he does make his decision, he's not afraid to go with it, and he does it confidently. So um, I could see him, you know, he, he scored a goal to kind of ignite the comeback on Wednesday night. So um, I think we could see more from him, and especially uh, from a guy, younger guy, that is still trying to uh, prove his place here uh, on the back end for the Blackhawks. This is only his 13th NHL game tonight. So um, that's why I'm going to go with White Kalanuck here. So, uh, Ron, final thoughts, and then we can get out of here and uh, go and grab some more of these misery beers because I'm just sad right now. Yeah, Johnny, I'm uh, looking forward to just watching Blackhawks hockey, enjoying it still because this team has still been very fun to watch. Um, and, and yeah, hopefully you learn something. You find a guy or two that you're really looking forward to seeing the step they take next season because – this is going to be a big off season for this team. I think they can really do a lot to, you know, improve this roster still and maybe become a sneaky playoff team next year. And, you know, obviously there's the word out that Taves will be back next year. If he continues to trend in the direction he has could be a really fun next season. And it's, it's time to identify who's going to be a part of it. Yeah. And when, when you look at the pieces that are here and like, you know, some of these guys taking jumps earlier than we thought and really impressing, uh, I, I think this kind of can be a pushback to anyone who said that the Blackhawks should have just tanked and they should have just mailed it in um, because you're, show, you're you're seeing, first of all, the fight. And I think this is important for Jeremy Colladin and himself, too. I know a lot of people, have, I've seen it as soon as they lose, people, there's always going to be people that say they want the head coach gone. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, uh, whatever, 15-1 up to that point. <laughs> they, they could still do that. Uh, but it, that's, uh, I think it was big for both the team. Uh, some growing pains, for sure, uh, but also some very surprising uh, and, uh, you know, encouraging uh, developments uh, from a lot of these guys. So that, that's what I'll be looking for more down the stretch here. That's about all I've got for tonight. Uh, once again, this was the Four Feathers post-game show. The Nashville Trap bites the Blackhawks. 3-1 loss here on Friday, April 23rd. We'll be back at it for that Tuesday night game on the 27th of April. Um, Make sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter and Instagram at Four Feathers Pod and at Ontap Sportsnet. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, go subscribe, rate, interview wherever you listen. So, Ron, uh, that's about all I've got for tonight. Wish we were uh, ending on a happier note, but um, you know we're true through and through. Let's go, Hawks! Let's go, Hawks! <laughs>